We're gonna disrespect. We're gonna disrespect all over the dead man's ass. Did you read my lips? Did you? I said D I S R E S P E C T. Ain't that how you spell disrespect? Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of the Generation Wrestling Podcast. As always, is yours truly, the 26-year-old piece of gold, the franchise, a.k.a. the showstopper. And with me, as always, I got my tag team partners, my brothers, my family. First up, he is the human encyclopedia of wrestling, the flawless phenomenon. Joe knows everything. Flawless. Joey V, how you doing? Sad day, man. Andre the Giant just got released. You're stupid. And across the way, as always, he is the Karma Cody, the light skinned Teddy Pendergrass, aka Mr. One, Two, Three. Pin that ass down, K Breezy, better known as Tuco Kimbro. Bro, how you doing? Man, I'm good, man. Uh, a few shocking names kind of were surprised, but, you know, really wasn't too surprised over, you know, the people getting released. This is usually uh, WWE's annual uh, release where they let people go. Well, speaking of release, uh, let's kind of run through some of the names. Uh, well, actually, all the names really quick. Uh, then I'm going I'm to take it to you guys. The Flawless said he got something to say, man. And then, yeah, we're just going to kind of sit on this for a minute, man, and just talk about it, man, and kind of get some thoughts and opinions. But first up, as far as the WWE recent terminations, layoffs, furloughs, whatever category they may fall under, the names go as follows. On the talent side. Drake Maverick, Gallows and Anderson, Kurt Angle, Zach Ryder, Kurt Hawkins, Eric Young, Rowan, Sarah Logan, No Way Jose, Micah Maria Canellis, EC3, Aiden English, Leo Rush, Primo Epico, Deanna Perazzo, and Alexander Jessic from NXT. Last but not least, man, we got Rusev. And to me, this one kind of was the most disrespectful. I'm pretty sure you guys know, but, you know, when the pandemic first started, Rusev actually donated some of his own money uh, for some of the workers who weren't really getting paid as far as the backstage guys uh, who weren't necessarily talented, like the production people. And for them to fire him, I'm like, that was super duper corny to me. Uh, As far as furlough talent, man, you got producer Dave Finley, a.k.a. Fit Finley. Uh, Lance Storm, Mike Rotunda, Shane Hurricane Helms, Scott Armstrong, Pat Buck, Sarah Stock, Sean Davari, Billy Kidman. And then you have three PC coaches, A. Steele, Serena Deeb, Kendo Cashin. Uh, to add on top of that, more recently, man, you had Brody Lee and Matt Hardy. They went to AEW. And then just not too long ago, you had the Revival, who uh, recently got released out of their contracts. Guys, uh, man. Flawless. I know you said you had something to say, so before I get opinions, man, uh, what did you have to say to everybody? Well, you missed one name, Mike Kyoto, the longtime referee. Oh, yeah. Referee Mike Kyoto. How did I miss Mike Kyoto? You know what? I I said I think Bruce was uh, that was disrespectful. I think Mike Kyoto, man, that guy. Uh, Everybody knows him, Chad Patton. Guys like that. Go ahead, yeah. Flawless. Well, Rusev, I'm not surprised because, remember, they kept offering him that contract and he didn't want to sign it. So I think right. he was waiting for his contract to expire anyways to leave. Right. But here's the drop. Here's the bomb. I don't know if this is true or not, but this is a circulating report that Paul Heyman pay cut just so WWE did not release Keith Lee. 
Really? Yes. Mm. Wow. Okay. When okay. Paul Heyman, Paul Heyman took a pay cut, so WWE would not release Keith Lee. Yes, that's the circulating report online. I don't know if it's true or not, but that's what's circulating. If WWE released Keith Lee, oh yeah, oh, it's over with. It's over. Even then, when things get back, you know, if, if you know when things get back to a, a, a civilized uh, world. Um, Man, that's ooh wow. Now I wow. do see five of these like superstars going to AEW. And I feel yeah. bad for Lance Not all of because them, no. he just closed his wrestling school to become a producer with WWE. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's not yeah. What are you saying no for my five wrestlers? Huh? Why are you saying no for my five wrestlers? No. Mm-mm. I'm sorry, I was in your recent call. Um, um, no, no, I agree. Oh. Only about five wrestlers, you know, were surprised or whatever, but everybody else was kind of like either I was surprised they were still there or I knew they were probably getting released or fired. Well, I have five that I think are definitely going to AEW. Um, and I'll just name them all. Rusev is one. Mm-hmm. EC3 because he was on Jericho's <laughs> podcast and they were talking about AEW. Um, I can see that. Agree. Sarah Logan, I think, will be great with AEW. She had a great indie run as Crazy Mary Dobson, where she's really talented. Mm, and then, the, okay. and then the other two is the revival. I don't see Anderson and Gallows. I think they're going back to New Japan. Mm. I could see that. If they don't, I can see them going there. But if not, yeah, I, I agree with that list. Well, you know, it's another name that I, I, I'm wondering, and I'm not sure if he'll decide to come back to wrestling or continue his rap career. Is uh, Leo Enzo. Rush? Oh shit! No, fuck Enzo. Uh, Leo Rush. Like, <laughs> I, uh, uh, Leo is actually a good wrestler. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. I, I would hate to see him stop. Um, I would like to see him go and have another opportunity somewhere else. Yeah. So uh, I, I, I would kind of want to like to see him maybe go to AEW when it's visible for them to be able to sign people and, you know, things get back to somewhat normal. But, uh, yeah, <clears throat> I, I would add him to that. Uh, it's crazy because I was watching NXT yesterday, you know, just scheming through it, you know, because it's hard to watch. And they still had Drake Maverick listed as the Cruiserweight Tournament. <laughs> Yeah, Drake Maverick. I felt bad for him because he gave a heartfelt video yesterday. And kudos to Seth Rollins. He gave a heartfelt video to all the released personnel. Yeah, I mean, and see, now I think that's one of the problems with WWE taping. Me and and Two Cold was actually talking about this yesterday. With WWE uh, taping so far in advance before they were deemed essential by the state of Florida. I was kind of wondering, like, okay, how is that going to work? Because you got all this tape material, but you release so many of these people. And then, like, Leo Rush, I thought it was kind of funny that Leo Rush wasn't in the Cruiserweight uh, tournament to begin with, considering, you know, he the one that lost it to Jordan Devlin, and Devlin the one that gave up the title. Then to find out he got released, it's like, damn, you just came back. So I hope Leo, man, he, he, he returns to the ring in some capacity, but – <clears throat> this wasn't like 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 you guys said, man. This is the middle of April. This wasn't too far unexpected. 
as far as we knew that some talent was going to get released. But I want to say when you have over 30 plus, and then these aren't just all new guys. You know, some of these guys are, you got freaking Hall of Famers. You know, Kurt Angle, I mean, granted, he just got the role as a backstage producer, but it just really goes to show, man, nobody's untouchable. And uh, no, and and the thing and reason why Vince decided to go back on the uh, tapings is because of the TV deals. Uh, apparently, the the Raw has in their contract a certain amount of TV tapings that they can do a year, and they would exceed that. If they exceed that, then both Fox and the U.S. Network uh, can restructure their contracts, and <clears throat> Vince don't want that. And that's the reason why uh, behind the uh, change in doing the, the tapings, because they can only do so many tapings. So they're, 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 that's why they canceled them. And that's why they're going back to doing live shows, which has pissed off a lot of wrestlers because they they went through taping, you know, for all these weeks. And then now you're just going to push that shit aside and that accumulating with them becoming essential and the money that Linda McMahon apparently has donated to Florida and, you know, the, the correlation of all of that happening cause, uh, you know, co with each other, you know, there's a lot of negativity that's coming, you know, towards WWE for a lot of the decisions. And one of them is definitely the release of these people and knowing that they have a $500 million surplus that, uh, <clears throat> that 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 they could use, they could utilize to take care of people's salaries for at least half of the year, you know, without any real issues. They would still make a profit. They wouldn't lose anything. And you really wouldn't have to get rid of any people. So when you look at these list of names, yeah, like you said, Flawless, some of them are um, some of them you, you saw coming. You saw them not being there too much longer. And others, you kind of were like, damn, I'm, I'm kind of surprised they were even still there. I thought they been got rid of them. But mm-hmm. there, there is the one or two where it was like, damn, why is he on this list? Like, damn, how did he get on this list? Or why did she get on this list? So, uh, But all of those things um, accumulate what's been going on with WWE and their decision making and why you know, a lot of people, why it's coming out the way that it is. And that's what it is. Vince is... Uh, He's panicking. And right now, being friends with Trump is being financially beneficiary for him right now. But I don't know how well the reputation and everything will proceed uh, going forward. Well, and and it's funny you said that, too, uh, as far as the way WWE is handling things. You know, for the longest time, the biggest WWE has been. uh, And this isn't the show to shit on WWE. But unfortunately, right now, this is kind of severity of the situation. WWE is kind of in the line, like even CNN covered this. So it's kind of a big deal right now. WWE, we've talked about for the longest time that they have an issue with hoarding all the talent. You know, we said that, you know, Vince, he just picks up guys just so another company won't have them. And now you're starting to see like all these guys that are getting released. It's going to show, you know, that's the company being greedy, trying to soak up all the talent. Now, when you go through what we're going through now, like you say, we got a $550 million surplus, and you could have paid them guys, but that goes to show you didn't want them guys in the first place. You know what I'm saying? You just – certain guys you would push and maybe certain guys you had expectations for and it kind of fell, you know, fell flat. But for the most part, I'm looking at these guys. You really haven't utilized these people. I mean, let's see. Drake Maverick, you haven't seen much from him. Gallows and Anderson were a joke till AJ Styles came back to Raw. Rusev hasn't been on TV for a while, but we know why. 
Eric Young, they killed that. Sarah Logan, eh, she just started coming back. No Way Jose, Joke, EC3, Waste of Talent, Aiden English, they sent him to announcing. Leo Rush fired him, brought him back, used him, didn't let him go. Primo and Epico, don't know when the last time I seen them. Rowan. Then you these then you started to finally kind of give Deanna Perazzo a little bit of you know TV time. Now she's gone. So Rowan. Right Eric now. Rowan. And Eric Rowan, yeah. So my thing is, it's kind of like me and you had a quick conversation yesterday, Tuco, and I want I want to bring uh, uh, flawless up to speed. Uh, flawless. Yesterday, me and Tuco, we had we had a nice little brief conversation, and uh, Tuco brought us something to me, man. And I kind of want to get a feeler for what you're thinking because this has been a rumor since AEW first started. Uh, Tuco's. Uh, expressed to me that he feel like this is Vince low key trying to help AEW uh, in the sense of, you know, competition, you know, Vince loves competition. Uh, wrestling business is at its peak when there is competition. The AEW is by far the only real legitimate competition since WCW folded some 20 years ago uh, <clears throat> with the recent releases before this. And now after this, do you think there's some legitimacy to the fact that, you know, Vince knows that AEW is the next big show in town and him doing this would possibly send a lot of guys that way? Um, I don't think it's Vince helping AEW. I mean... Like, not, not, yeah, and, and what, okay, so before you answer that, <clears throat> like, I don't think he's, like, like, helping them, helping them, like, you know, like he did with Paul Heyman, but, you know, he knows, you know, there's going to come a point where certain people you're going to end up releasing them. And regardless right. of what he might've thought to him, he knows that some of them might be potential elsewhere. And you know what I'm saying? So, and, and that's why he hoarded all these people. Like even, you know, not saying that was a good thing because that was kind of a messed up thing in itself. Uh, and, and that's what I kind of mean by it. Like, yeah, he's got a, he's making the cuts he's making for the reasons that's going on, even though, we now understand he really don't have to, but he he's doing that. But he knows some of these folks that he's letting go. He wouldn't just let them go if this wasn't going on. Um, yeah, I mean, you know, it's crazy. It's like all this stuff, you know, we we get, we have all these theories of like why it's happening. But usually after mm-hmm. WrestleMania, you know, they cut maybe like five to ten wrestlers. But then you get like 30 and producers backstage. Like I'm starting to wonder like, could it be because he lost 140 million with XFL going bankruptcy? Is that possibility? Mm-hmm. I mean, mm-hmm. well, well, let's, well, let's bring that up too because that's actually something I had in my. It notes. is a possibility. It, it it is that is a part of the reason for him doing a lot of the stuff that he's doing. Man, Vince is by cutting all the people he cut, he's going to save four million dollars. <throat> and also, you know, ever yeah. since WWE went public, you know. With public mm-hmm. trading, it made Vince a billionaire, but it's also a gift and the curse. Oh yeah, so, has to talk, he has to explain his actions to other people and why they need to continue to build in what he's doing. Well, I, I was just going to say that. Speaking of, okay, Vince for the second time, you no, know, the XFL's folded. Granted, this time it wasn't his fault, and it looked promising this year, but it is what it is. He had to fold it. All the money, all the stocks that he sold in WWE to put in the XFL. Guys, do you think this is going to make people more hesitant and reluctant to work with WWE and Vince in the future moving forward? <laughs> uh, I don't know, 
because I mean, some people will want to work with him because <clears throat> WWE. But you know, it's funny. I wouldn't be shocked. Say in three years, Vince tries to bring the XFL back and say, "Well, it only failed because of the coronavirus." You know, that's why it folded. Well, you know he will. Um, <clears throat> as far as you know, WWE, yes, um, because I, 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 for me, I feel like he. It depends on what happens with this whole WWE being essential thing. Honestly, as far as will people trust him? Will people trust in WWE? Uh, because I, I believe you'll get your conservative fans. You know, the ones that will just watch it just to watch it. And you'll even get some of the, us hardcore fans that may continue to watch it. But I think it will have an impact on what the company does moving forward, not just with what their product and, and, and who's uh, invested in them, but what they present. Because now, <clears throat> excuse me, you're going to have to um, <clears throat> you're, you're going to have to do so, you, you've cut a lot of people, but now you've been bringing up a lot of NXT people. So now with all these NXT people that you really don't have too much faith in, because let's be honest, Vince, we know how you treat these call-ups. And out of the, let's just say 50 call-ups, out of 50 call-ups, you're probably promoted 10, like you, 10 of them. And, and that's out of 50 from, we'll go back from when the Shield and Seth Rollins and all them debuted from that time to now. 10 of them may be, you know, legit, uh, stars on the roster, the Uso, the 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 Shield, of course, uh, Kevin Owens, uh, now Drew McIntyre, because he wasn't that you know when he came up to the main roster. So th there's a handful of guys you've actually produced to be something, and the rest of them they were just there. And <clears throat> like I said, with you now getting rid of folks, you now mm -hmm. got to bring people up. So now that you bring these people up, what are you going to do and how are you going to, you know, produce your product uh, moving forward? I, I think all of those elements uh, key into the factor of what's going to go on in the future. We got to wait and see, honestly, to see uh, how that all affects. Bring these wrestlers back like by June 1st or July 1st. But, you know, I know AEW is not going to like sign them right away. I mean, they could, but they can't bring them on TV right away because AEW has the next six to eight weeks of tapings, which I love. And I wonder, and I, and I wonder how, which AEW, is fun. Like, how, I like how TNT, you know, I wonder how the TNT is saying to AEW, yeah, tape it. Don't go live, you know, tape it. We're fine with this. Because they, yeah. they understand now, like at first, I think they didn't want, uh, let's be honest. Okay. Flawless. We can contest to this. What WCW was in those final years, they didn't want, they didn't want that. <clears throat> they didn't. They didn't want what that was. What wrestling has become, as far as the independent scene, NXT, and uh, on all these other things. Not even WWE to a degree. I, I mean WWE, but not not the not Raw and SmackDown because you know that's the that's the entertainment side of things. But getting the wrestling rep evolution that we got through NXT and Ring of Honor and New Japan and TNA. You know TNT. I think started to see that light. The question was, you know, was there any belief in any of those uh, companies? I think TNA had an opportunity, but their problem was their management. Mm -hmm. So they never got to go to those big companies. They got to Spike TV. They got to a couple others, but 
it didn't work out well. It, it, it was doing good at the height. They had the right people. You had Kurt Angle coming in. You had Sting. You had some old Joe, AJ Styles. You had all the right pieces, uh, but, you know, management was the issues. Now with AEW and with Cody and the, and the evolution of the independent scene, I think that's what got TNT wanting to be back into the game. They, they, they saw their vision. They understood it. They listened to it. And then once they saw what it became before they even got to TV, mm-hmm. that made it even more easy for them. So, you know, what they're doing is what the hardcore fans want. And TNT sees that. They see we're not getting those, you know, those, those commercial fans. We're getting mm-hmm. the real wrestling fans. And what this product and what the product they're putting on is actually kind of awesome. And I think even flawless, maybe you can even agree that yeah, that was the that's the difference between then and now with TNT. It, WCW just wasn't something they wanted to keep at that moment in time because it wasn't, it was failing, and, and it was what, obvious you know that scary? it was failing. Uh, uh, Francis might be a little too young. I don't know, maybe, but too cold, too cold. No, this the last year of WCW. How bad was it? Bad, right? Terrible. Mm. <laughs> Actually, that's an understatement. Okay, it it was beyond that, but you know. If you put that last year, WCW, right now on TNT against Raw and SmackDown, that WCW beats Raw and SmackDown's ratings. Because the last year, WCW, they <coughs> were sure getting 2.9 sure ratings. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they actually were. Because they were, they still had yeah. the stars that people wanted to see, which, you know, so, and, and, you saw the turn of everything. You once, I think, once you had that Hogan uh, meltdown, and then Rusev came. I'm not Rusev, but Russo came out and cut his promo, and then you had Jared and Booker T for the type championship, and Booker T won. Like you started to see a change, and the change of guard of you know who's who's going to be on top, and people wanting to see other people wanting to you know get over. <clears throat> they were starting to do that. Now it wasn't perfect. It was still. <laughs> It was still hokey and, and a little crazy, but yeah, it, they were starting. And unfortunately, uh, WWE, it, the Attitude Era just took off. The Rock, Austin, DX, Undertaker, Mankind, they all just took off and they couldn't keep up. Ooh, and that, well, that's the problem that I see now. Like you guys, like you just said, you had Rock, DX, Stone Cold, Sean, uh, Hogan when he came back in 02. Like, the thing is, you you had all these guys. You had an influx of guys. You had guys from ECW. Rob Van Dam came over and Tommy Dreamer and people like that. So, But the thing was, even – and this is what we've been saying, especially me. This is what I've been saying. You look at the WWE roster right now. We're going to leave NXT out of it. We're going to leave NXT. We're going to leave AEW. Right now, just the main roster, uh, SmackDown and Raw. Mm-hmm. Who do you have right now – who do you have right now that you could legit – Build the company around and move it forward. Yeah, we understand Roman Reigns is is the guy. We understand that Seth Rollins is the second guy. We understand that they have multiple people in charge, multiple heads, but you don't have that one guy that defines the era. The last guy that really defined wrestling as an era is John Cena. Well, well, that's because that that's because of Vince, uh, not trusting and getting having faith in people. But to answer your question, I'm gonna have to, I would have to say Seth Rollins, uh, just on the principle 
I, I honestly, I'll, I'll bank it off of the, the character that he is right now. Like when Seth Rollins was a heel, he was a different type of dude. And <coughs> the fact that he can go, yeah, we, we joke and call him no sell Rollins because he is, but the guy can go. The guy can make anybody look good. And he's good at storytelling. Like you really give him a purpose. And, and as we see as the Monday Night Messiah, we're, we're raving over it. We're giving him props for it. And the guy can go. So all he needs is the right people to put, you know, to put over. Uh, I would, I would have to say him as of right now. Yeah. You can probably say, you know, an Andrade or uh, uh, Alistair Black or a few other guys. You you can name those guys, but I feel like those guys would need a Seth Rollins, a guy that can go in the ring and go with anybody and make them all look like star. Uh, Roman Reigns would be second. And, and he is, you know, when 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 they're pushing him that way. But uh, I, I kind of right now, if it's just roster right now, I, I have to go Rollins with those guys. McIntyre, but most de- yeah yeah Drew is like a close but third. I yeah, say most WWE definitely. hasn't been the same since CM Punk was champion because they haven't achieved those ratings since. <laughs> no, because but you but you know what really killed it. You, you, I I don't know if you guys remember. Now you probably do. <laughs> Uh, right around the time Punk was champion, I can't remember if it was a little before or a little after, but you remember when they were transitioning, so they said, uh, into the reality era, is what Triple H called it. And this goes back to the entertainment aspect of it, man. Uh, the, inter- the, the, the reality TV aspect of it, where it's everything became over, you know, overexposed. Wrestling to me, was at its greatest when you look, you've seen it twice a week, got your pay-per-view. You know, you didn't have all this social media. You know, when you seen a guy and he was a heel, probably in real life, if you seen him, you were scared to talk to the motherfucker. Now it's like everybody's too relatable. And I, and I think that's the thing because, we, and, and it's a gift and a curse. It's a gift and a curse because guys who seem like they have no talent, no charisma, no personality on TV, you're on these people's social media. It's like, oh, damn, you know what? I like you. You know, so, but the thing is right now, like you said, with CM Punk, that was still an era, especially with him and Triple H when they had their, their rivalry, even CM Punk and Cena, you know, that's when you still had a little bit of a realism left in the, in the sport. Like you knew it was entertainment, but you can tell when rock came back, him and Cena, they was doing their promos on each other for two years straight. Uh, it, it, it just felt, it just felt real. Like the animosity, it, everything just kind of felt organic. Now it's just like, all right, man, let's go out and here. Let's do because, this hokey shit. That's because that's the attitude era aspect that makes wrestling great. That reality kind of, you know, real talk that The Rock and like, and we'll use The Rock and Cena as a perfect example. The fact that these guys weren't cutting uh, scripted promos. This was mm-hmm. some real, like, you know, you could, this was WWE heat. Okay. We'll, we'll say it like that. Like, yeah, John Cena probably really did feel some certain uh, way about The Rock, but what, the way they did it, the way the fact that you had The Rock just kind of just really dogging his dude out and just being real and, and, and saying some real stuff and John Cena coming back and cutting some real stuff too. That's the ad that's that's that that's what we loved about the attitude era because yeah, it was storyline, but it was also kind of real. Like they mm. really messed with people's 
wives. They messed with people's families. They went to people's homes and kicked each other's ass and shot yep. guns at each other and, and <laughs> shot people and, and Brian Pillman and all these other stuff. Like they did stuff like that. And yes, it was inter- and while it was entertainment, it had a somewhat of a real attitude aspect to it. And that's what WWE has been missing because they went PG. They tried to do it sometimes with certain characters. Like when you had an edge, Edge was that attitude era kind of guy, and he came from mm-hmm. it. So you 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 weren't going to change his character too much. He was who he was. Orton came from the ruthless aggression era, but that was still kind of a reality attitude era, you know, yeah. kind of mindset. So those guys stood out, but they stood out in a PG friendly, friendly, family lovey, you know, kind of environment. So that's what they're missing, and and. I feel like you can have that. You kind of have that now somewhat with Bray Wyatt, especially with his story now, especially after mm-hmm. the fire, after the uh, Firefly Funhouse with John Cena. You, that's really kind of that that aspect, that 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 era of that's almost Undertaker like. And I think Flawless yeah. can agree with that, especially that that Ministry oh, of yeah. Darkness type style stuff. That's what Bray Wyatt is at now. Uh, so I, I think they have it with certain people, but they got to have it as a whole as a company with all your people like you can't and, do it with one or two and that's why i commend aew uh nxt too but but aew especially because the one thing i like with aew they they of course they got a couple of you know wwe guys of course but i always say the biggest error in cna was they literally look like a copy and paste promotion of wwe like you know you had the homegrown guys like samoa joe you had AJ Styles, yeah, Jeff Jarrett when he went there. Of course, you know he wasn't WWE and WCW at one point. He still, you know, helped found it and build that up too. But it eventually got to a point where it's like, all right, everybody they start getting to try to base their 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 model, their company, where WWE rejects damn near. Uh, with the exceptions of you had the Dudleys and of course Jeff Hardy and stuff like that. But what I like about with AEW. They're getting WWE guys and guys that made a name for themselves, but they're not solely just focus on WWE, ex-WWE talent. They got guys who, Sammy Guevara, Britt Baker, uh, you can go Darby Allen, like guys who are very popular on the underground scene. And unless you're following underground wrestling, you don't know who the hell these guys are. But then you got a nice little mix with a guy like a Chris Jericho, a guy like a Jake Hager, a guy like a Dean Ambrose slash John Moxley. So I like it because it's entertaining. But at the same time, they're not appealing, like you guys say, to the casual fan, to the to the uh, to the 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 corporate people. No, Tony Khan. This is his money. Him and TNT and his father Shad. There, that's their money. They're running it their way. And the thing that I like about Cody, the Young Bucks, Kenny, all these guys, is because you have a wrestling company aimed at wrestling fans with wrestlers and people who are actually fans of the company and the business. You don't have no Hollywood writers trying to write stories. You know, it, it, it doesn't make sense. So I think AEW right now is the closest thing to what I think we're missing with NXT being a very, very, I'll tell you very this, man, close second. I doesn't want to see the Revival versus the Young Bucks. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, you want to see that. Man. Yeah. yeah, you want to see that. And but you know, but the thing with TNA was, and this is where I I give them their props. 
Okay, yeah, they had the rejects. When you had guys, and I feel like the rejects, and even though, well, no, they, they were the rejects, but they weren't the rejects. So when you got guys like Christian who would come over and he would be considered a world champion, yeah, I feel like he was a reject. He was one of those guys that couldn't be that in WWE, but he was that there. But yeah. you got Kurt Angle. I thought that, that yeah. I felt that was different because I think I think Kurt Angle was their version yeah. of Jericho was to AEW. He 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 was, and so was Sting because Sting was the guy that WWE couldn't get. So the fact that he went there, and then you got Kurt Angle to come over, and then Kurt Angle, what does he do? He comes in and he puts over one of the biggest and baddest dudes in Samoa Joe. That's what made you know, and and, and they had one of the most epic ass battles ever. So. Yeah, it was that way for some of those guys. It, for me, it wasn't that way for Booker T because Booker T had won in WCW. He had won in WWE. Him coming to TNA, you know, okay, he he, he kind of fell in the line with uh, Kurt Angle. But for anybody that wasn't world champion material or wasn't really popular but became more than what they were in the previous of the company, yeah, I felt like they were, they were more the rejects. They, they were the ones that weren't good enough to win here, but – they could win there, but you had guys like Jeff Hardy and all them. They were like they were bigger than life. So for them to even be there and to even put over the TNA talent so they can get bigger, there there, there was levels to it. I, I I feel like. Yeah, man. When they got uh, I'll say when TNA Flawless. started to go down hills when they got Hogan Bischoff and Hall and Nash back, it just went downhill. Yep. Yeah. And you know what else killed it too? When they, Aces this is where the Aces and Ace, yes, that killed it. And also, when they went from what was it, the, the six sided ring, yeah, because yeah, because yeah. the six sided ring, the one thing I like, and and I, I know wrestlers, I think it was AJ Styles and a couple other guys, they kind of talked about why they liked going back to the four sided ring. I guess the give, you know, it just didn't have the same give with the ropes. And, of course, you know, they got the wood planks underneath the ring already, so that's hard. And I guess the whole structure of the ring itself wasn't as pleasant uh, for them falling on a six-sided as a four-sided, which I get. But the way it, TNA was presented with that six-sided ring, it just felt different. And you guys remember uh, before AEW had the, the double entrances, you remember TNA had it. Yeah. So – the whole vibe of TNA just felt like different. Like it just felt like it was literally its own company. And like I want to say from two thousand what four to six seven maybe when they when they were on that tear, it really looked like TNA possibly could it. I don't think nobody ever thought it was going to take over WWE, but it could have gave them the the run to AEW. Nobody over. had faith that it would take over WWE. Uh, yeah. Like I said, and that's because of management. Like, yeah, they were liking what they saw on TV, but they didn't like who they were dealing with and and what they wanted or what they were demanding. And you hadn't done enough. You hadn't had the success to where you were beating WWE out. Now, if TNA had went on a streak of beating WWE in ratings, well, I think that would have changed things. For them. But WWE they didn't have that. Over. <laughs> Well, 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 either yeah. night, it doesn't matter. It, it, pick it, it, it doesn't matter what night they pick. It, when, when, you're right. When they went to Monday night, that ended it for them. But if they'd have stayed on the nights where they weren't on with WWE, if they were beating them, let's say, let's say Raw would have did a, 
a 2.9 that week and SmackDown would have did a, a 3.0. Well, let's say TNA pulled out a 3.5. Like they would have they would have needed to do that on a weekly basis where they were getting 3.5 million people watching in on them where only two point something was watching people here and two point something was watching people there. Now, if they did that for about a, you know, maybe about a month or two, you know, three months or whatever, maybe a year, I think somebody would have taken a chance on them. But because they never did that, no one really took a chance on them because they didn't really see them more than what they were. Hey, who 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 was the uh how can I how can I who was the Eric Bischoff to uh, TNA's demise? Ooh, do you Jeff guys Jeff. get more claim than well, I was Jared, just gonna say Jared Dixie Carter or Jeff Jarrett? It was Jeff Jarrett till Dixie Carter got it. Dixie Carter. So he was more like the Paul Heyman. father owned Panda Energy, and he, like, bought them to give them, you know, and then he put his daughter in charge, Dixie. And Dixie pretty much spent, like, $500 million yeah. to ruin that company. Yeah. It's, it's, it's just crazy, man, just to see, like, how TNA started – was getting some steam, got real good. Even when Matt Hardy left, when Matt Hardy became the broken Matt Hardy character there, TNA was still watchable. Then it just it just fell to shit, man. And to bring it back to the WWE side of things, that's where it's getting to now. It's I understand you got to make chicken salad out of chicken shit sometimes, man, but WWE is getting extremely hard to watch. AEW is tolerable, NXT is tolerable, but man, we're trying to watch a Raw or SmackDown. I was telling Too Cold, man, I get through maybe 30, 40 minutes, and then the rest I'm on like WrestleZone.com or Sports Illustrated or something. <laughs> yeah, I'm just, yeah. yeah, me too. Me too. I'm I'm just skimming through. If I think yep. if it looked like it looks interesting, maybe I'll go back, listen to it for a minute. And if it's not, I'll keep going. But you know, like I said, we're missing that fan aspect, man. You you're missing that roar of the crowd. You you need to <clears throat> you need to you either agree or you disagree with people, and and that inclusion matters. And right now, like I said, they don't have any real direction. Yes, they're trying to come up with something, but it's not. You you can obviously see it's not the main thing you were trying to do. It's not the main story of these characters you're trying to create. Right now, you're just you're just putting stuff together and working with who's willing to show up. And, you know, that's, it, you know, that's, it's new, it's different. We've been getting quality matches. I, I, you know, there are, there has been some pluses to these, to these matches and these shows, like uh, a lot of quality matches. Uh, unfortunately, just not a lot of belief in what they're putting behind it. You know, we appreciate what they're doing because the fact that, they could just be like everybody else and not be doing anything. So the fact that you're still trying to do something, we, we all appreciate that. Uh, but it's it's still hard to just watch when you know there's not really too much real direction as far as storyline with, with, with the characters. And as far as, you know, people that are willing to show up, it's funny you said that. I read a report online. Uh we you know we talked about Oscar and and possibly the uh the direction of Oscar and or Kyrie saying. And yep. reported, you know, Vince has been very, very pleased with Oscar. You know, she's been very entertaining, man. Ever since this pandemic, watching her come out to the ring and you know, when she's dancing to other people's entrances, man, Oscar's been super duper entertaining. And they said that regardless of Kyrie saying signs or not, Oscar's gonna get a huge push, solo push. Um, 
unfortunately, I felt like the only reason she is getting that push is because nobody else has been stepping up and she's been the only one. Guys, do you feel like that's a fair assessment? Yes and no. And and, and just real quick, the only reason I say that is because you kind of seen that before the audience issues because Oscar was doing a lot of she was doing some of this when when they did have crowds. Like she was still being this character and there were reports that Vince was liking it then. So, you know, I, I think, and, and yes, it, she, it is, she is getting it more because of now she's like one of the few that's shown up all every week. So yes, she is getting a little bit more love and attention, but I also feel like she was doing this prior. So it was already there. It's just now there's more focus because they're only working with so many people. I okay. agree. Fair also. enough. Fair enough. I mean, Flawless. You. I still think, man, uh, Shayna Baszler's winning money in the bank. But, you know, I still think Asuka can get that push that Vince likes her. But, you know, yeah, it's just, I don't know, man. It's just so hard to watch her. <laughs> like, well, 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 speaking of hard to watch, you know, the reason they said uh, Charlotte Flair won the NXT Women's title was to kind of help, you know, get the ratings up because they began their asses smoked by AEW. But weirdly enough, they still have her on Raw. Do you guys, man, do, do y'all see this working? Do y'all see her I mean, doing Raw, double NXT. duty on Raw and SmackDown? Do you think that this is going to eventually? I mean, yeah, sorry, Raw, NXT. Do y'all see this as an excuse for WWE to start having more superstars kind of doing double duty? Uh, I don't see it being a huge bump in ratings. I mean, you're not showcasing Charlotte throughout the whole show. So, I mean, yeah. It, it may be a bigger boost because it's Charlotte going up against, and it, and it really depends on who she's going up against. Like, okay, you didn't already call Bianca up. You, you, you didn't called up somebody else. Uh, her first, her first match is going to be against Mia Yim. Okay. Mia Yim. And it's like, eh, okay. We, we, we've been on and off well, about Io Mia. Shirai Yim. Is the if this was Io Shirai. Yeah. So, so Io Shirai okay, is the number well, one. Well, then. The I'll tune in for like Io Shirai and, and Charlotte Flair, but you know, Charlotte versus me and him, eh, Charlotte will do her best to try to put over. Uh, but of course, you know, she'll come out with the victory. Yim, Yim is still questionable. Uh, for me, I, I, I can't speak for you, franchise, because I know how you not, feel about me. Not, past, but uh, yeah, the character, but the ring work, yeah, she, yeah, the ring work, it's, it's got to get there. Yeah, it, it truly depends on who Charlotte. I think faces. Charlotte's there just to build up the women's division there because it's kind of weak right now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, totally. I, I agree, and one hundred percent. So I guess my and here's here's my my thinking and my confusion about WWE logic. I mean, why would I ever expect it to make sense? You guys put Rhea Ripley on this huge run, huge run. She finally gets the championship. She looked like she's gonna be the HBIC at NXT. We looked like she was gonna get the rub from Charlotte. Now, granted, I understand circumstances change, but it's like, what was the purpose? of squashing Rhea the way you did just to put the title back on Charlotte? Well, for the reasons we said, but I don't feel like she squashed Rhea Ripley. I feel like the story, you know, the story played well as far as the match. You know, Charlotte had put Rhea in that figure four leg lock on the ring rope, uh, the, the, the pole, the, the Wednesday prior to WrestleMania. So she came in with the storyline knee injury. 
And I feel like it played out the way it should have, you know, Charlotte being the vicious heel, taking advantage and Ripley being the one to fight back. The only issue is that, you know, Flair won, you know, where we, we figured, you know, Ripley would fight back to overcome, which, you know, normally that's the angle that Vince always loves to go for, for WrestleMania. So I, I feel like that was the, the, the biggest ball drop, but we also know how Vince feels about Charlotte. We knows he loves Charlotte. So he's, he's not going to have her lose too many WrestleManias. She didn't get pinned in the last one, but she didn't win either. So, of course, Charlotte's not going to lose two WrestleManias in a row. And we should have saw that coming. And we did. And I think that's what people were upset about. They, 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 the logic said Rhea Ripley. All our logic, everyone's wrestling logic said Ripley's winning. Uh, Charlotte's going to put this girl over, but they're going to have a hell of a match. They had a hell of a match, but Flair won. But we now, but we I, also I think know this why. Because you haven't seen Ripley in a while. True, true, say, true. Well, uh, she went back to Australia because of her work visa, but that's not true. She's still in the States. I think they're keeping her off TV and they're going to build Charlotte with NXT with these women to have Ripley come out and get her revenge on Charlotte, possibly a rematch at SummerSlam, and then she could win back the NXT Women's title. I mean, that's... I mean, okay, cool, but I I feel like that you you were better off, uh, mm-hmm. you were better off having Ripley win, and just have it affect Charlotte in a way where she kind of just goes crazy about losing to Rhea Ripley. I feel like and, and just kind of we just kind of get like a not a a, a, a kind of just not in the right mind, Charlotte. You know, like she just she lost that match, and because she was so focused and, and can't believe she lost that she's losing matches that she normally would win. Like, let's say she yeah. faced a, she faced a Mia Yim, but a Mia Yim, you know, she's getting ready to beat her, but she's losing. She's not focusing the way she needs to, like Charlotte Flair does. And, you know, you could, I feel like you could do something like that where later on you can have Charlotte beat her. And that would have built for something because then you can build again later on, you know, that rivalry between those two. Because I like the match. The match at WrestleMania, I like. I, I want to see more of it. I, that's just me. I feel like you could have built something along those lines than having Flair win over somebody you you should have put over. Uh, and this is why you don't have stars. This is why Vince can't believe that he doesn't have any stars because you're burying them. You buried this girl. Uh, and had someone win that didn't really need to win. I've been Charlotte saying this, did not need again. The to win at WrestleMania. Is the click of today's wrestling. <laughs> it is. It is. Yeah. yeah. And but, you know Char- what? I- but Charlotte still didn't need to win. She could have took that loss and, and still would have been Charlotte. She's Charlotte, man. Like I said, she's going to win 20 world championships before her career is over. This wouldn't have hurt her. This would have just helped build for something greater later on. And and that's the thing, like with with, with Vince and, and WWE, as much of a creative genius Vince is, he's also like his own worst enemy. Like you can't say you don't have stars or you know reach for the brass ring or you know whatever the case may be. Then when guys get over, because as as fans we know this, so we know in the inner circle in the company you guys know this. So as the boss, you know this. You're hearing it. You're seeing the feedback. It's like you say, guys need to go out and make a name for themselves. 
you 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 shit on the guy, Drew McIntyre, perfect example. WWE first run started off self anointed as the chosen one, ended up getting stuck in three and B, got fired from WWE, released whatever, went out, went to TNA, boom, came back, NAC, boom, now he's back main roster, world champion. Okay, took a while, it happened, but you have these guys, man, who. WWE always feels the need to try to create people. You know, just like when, when superstars were first coming over, they were trying to change people's names. Like, dude, I've known this guy for five, six, seven years from another company. I'm not stupid. You ain't got to change this dude's name and give him a whole new WWE gimmick and wonder why it's not getting over. That's why I'm glad when guys like Samoa Joe came over, kept their name. AJ Styles kept their name. Like, Vince, Those guys it, come with a certain cachet. AJ Styles has made himself a, a, a cachet name to where Vince can't control him. And that's the problem into what, what your argument is, is that Vince has to have the credit for the creation. If he doesn't get the credit for the creation, he doesn't go for it. You have to be a cachet kind of a person to have that credit for Samoa Joe, to have the credit of, you want this guy in your company. Well, we're going to change your name. No, my name is Samoa Joe. That's my name. That's what people know me as. You don't like it. I can go somewhere else. And he could have went somewhere else and would have made it big there. So guys like him and Styles and, and, you know, they, they had that cachet. Styles leaving TNA, well, becoming what he did in TNA, then going all over the world to win championships other places and doing what guys are doing now. He kind of he made it more popular to what guys are doing now going to different companies and being the top guy and once he got to new japan and that took off to where it did you know that just made it even more uh that gave his name more cachet for vince to say okay we're gonna sign this guy you you are who you are we're not gonna change anything about you too much uh we'll, well, we'll ask well, you to be like this way a little bit but NXT. you'll you'll be like aj styles <laughs> Yeah, yeah like, like exactly like Killer Cross and like, like, like okay let's let's even go back to the guys are right, with a cash name value. Adam oh, Cole yeah, exactly Adam Cole's right. another one. Adam Cole, absolutely, absolutely. That is a perfect one. Adam Cole. But let's even go back a little bit before that when you had Zack Ryder, okay? You know, he started out as you know one of the edges and blah blah blah. Zack Ryder, this is a guy, man, who I feel like honestly, and I'm not saying he's a great wrestler like Daniel Bryan. I'm not saying he has the charisma of a Daniel Bryan, but this is a guy who literally was so over, like super red hot over, right? This guy made a YouTube channel, made a fucking fake paper championship and got over. And this guy did it by himself. The company won't push him. Then you know what they do? I'm going to award you with a storyline with John Cena. Get your assholes. Win the title at Mania, get embarrassed and lose it the next day. It's like, it's it's like damned if you do, damned if you don't. It's like okay, if you get yourself over, you might get shitted on, and if you don't get yourself over because the company got you over at one point in time, then they find out oh, here's another superstar. We like this shiny object, you know. We're gonna put you on the back burner. It's like at what point do you stop blaming talent? Because I see when guys like John Cena come back, they want to blame talent. Vince wants to blame talent. Well, at what point do you just? call a spade a spade and bullshit bullshit I'm like yo you have a type you know you have a type 
this is why certain people aren't succeeding, yep. even though they have the talent and should be. <laughs> yeah, what's uh, up, dog? Um, <laughs> you don't know nothing about wrestling. Uh, you, you, no, you're right about that. You know, the new shiny toy. It, it, those things kind of just... Okay, you're fine. Get out. I'm about to take them. It's always been that thing that we hated, you know, the, the fact that, you know, it's Zack Ryder, perfect example, because Vince didn't create it. Vince didn't come up with it. Like this guy, would, like you said, he was so over, like, and you couldn't believe, like, man, why is the crowd, and I didn't know it at the time, you know, like, why is they just, this, this crowd is going nuts for this dude. Who the fuck is Zack Ryder? Like, I knew who Zack Ryder was, but it was like, who is Zack Ryder? Like, what has he done? Who is he? This is an edgehead. What is, why are y'all so pumped for this dude? And then I realized he's the internet champion. He's got this YouTube. He's got over a million views, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, well, damn. Okay, that's a good way to get your ass over. More wrestlers need to do that. That would get them over. And that would show WWE, yo, man, this is the type of people, you know, that they want to see. The hardcore fans told you then this is the type of people we want to see. People we know have character and are pretty good in the ring. And like you said, they bombed on them. I mean, it, it, it looked like it was genuine with the whole John Cena thing, but that quickly turned and bombed on them. And the whole winning the Intercontinental Championship just to lose it the next night, that, that was another bomb on them. But it didn't really seem to hurt him too much. It seemed like the more they tried to bury him, the more the people still stood by him. So now it's like, well, we just can't put him on TV. We'll just either have him lose or we really won't put him on TV. And that's what it turned out to be because Zack Ryder still had his fan base. Like people know this guy's better than what you're presenting. You just don't want to push him over because you didn't create him. And that's that ego of not being able to have the credit for being the greater, the greatest creator in WWE ever. Cause Vince sees himself as a God. And that's why uh, he's having an apocalyptic hell right now uh, with his company. <laughs> and that's what I don't understand. My thing is this, okay. You are in the business of capitalism. Capitalize on it. Motherfucker. Like, <laughs> My thing is, why would you want to work harder to dig yourself out of a grave when you have people doing the job for you? Okay, if I'm Vince McMahon and I got Zack Ryder, oh, you mean to tell me I didn't have to put no money in the merch for this dude? I ain't got to worry. I ain't had to worry about having writers trying to come up with a storyline for this guy. And I can make money off of him. I ain't putting in and I can make money. Exactly. It's like, dude, like you see the crowd is telling you what they do. The crowd is basically telling you, look, this is what I will give you my money for. Like John Cena, John, John at that point, man, he people was really starting to hate Cena, you know. And if you had a guy like Zack Ryder come out on top in that story, I'm not saying, you know, this guy got to be world champion for six months, seven months. But damn, one night, dude, you could have easily rolled that for at least a pay-per-view, maybe two. And you could have made money off that. And if you wanted to be done with Zack Ryder, cool. But at least that guy would have got his credit. You know, I understand you want to be the creator. You want to be this, that, and the third. But now this is start. Hey, when one person say one thing, okay, it could be just a bigger employee, two, three people, whatever. But when every single person that leaves your company 
has something negative to say. You know, you got guys like Jr. Long time guy, Chris Jericho. I say before AEW shoe in Hall of Famer for WWE. Now it's gonna probably be a while, but you know, Moxley. When these guys from different generations are saying the same shit, is you? <laughs> it is all you. And, and, and the crazy part is, man, Vince with these cuts. You know, you have nobody to blame but yourself because now I don't know if you guys been seeing online, whether it's the social media is Instagram, Twitter, bro. The fans are shitting super hard on Vince and WWE right now. Yeah, man. First of all, to, to get to the Jericho Hall of Fame thing, let me make this perfectly clear. Perfectly clear. Jericho will make the WWE Hall of Fame. He won't make it right now in AEW, but when he when he is done, done. And I mean, pretty much done with wrestling and done, you know, being a, you know, a performer. He'll, Vince, it won't be an issue. It's just right now, he's with AEW. Vince is in his little fits. And it's not something we're looking forward to. Jericho is a Hall of Fame inductee main eventer. When you say we're inducting Chris Jericho, he's the main event of that night. You're that that's the guy you're going to talk about. You're going to talk about a guy who created himself in three different damn companies and have rejuvenated his character so many times. And they all in each in their own way have gotten over. He is a Hall of Famer. He will be in it. That will be a moneymaker main event Hall of Famer. there, There is no question of Jericho will make it to the WWE Hall of Fame. Yes, he will. Vince's egotistical, but he still like business. So he still like money. That's not a question. Every single time. Every time. Every single time. Like, even to now, man, it's like, I'm sorry, people are singing your theme song on a boat, and it's and it, and it gives you man. goosebumps. Dude, you, just, come on now. What's... <laughs> Comedy go, bro. He is a wrestling genius. Like, he look, he's a wrestling genius. When it comes to knowing this business and, and truly having a love for it, Jericho is the epitome of that, man, because th- this guy is banking off of this business as a wrestler, not a owner, not a, you know, part-time, you know, owner, not a benefactor. He's a wrestler. Yeah, he's making his money on the side of his music, but his music isn't bigger than his wrestling. His wrestling is bigger than his music. His music is is making the money because of him, and they're pretty good. You know, I, I wouldn't say every album is good. I haven't listened to every album, but they have some songs that definitely have made the charts and have done things, but wrestling is his is his bread and butter, he knows it. He he knows how to reinvent himself every time. And he even went at out what, live 50 last something years Friday, old, I believe it was. The dude is still fucking awesome. Bit, like probably like 20 minutes of him. But he went out live. I think it was on Facebook and Instagram. And he was telling wrestling stories. It was crazy. Mm-hmm. Man. Oh, this, oh yeah. So. Uh, so he does that like a couple times a week. And I was like talking with, like, what is it, Live with Jericho, I think he called it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And he, he'd go on like Facebook Live and he'd switch over to Instagram. And yeah, he'd sit there and like talk with fans for like an hour, hour and a half, just talking, telling stories and just all kind of shit. <laughs> and passing it on, man, because you don't really have too many people doing it. Like Austin is like one of those guys that's doing it, especially with his podcast. 
and and other guys yeah. have been doing it too, Booker T and all that stuff. But there are certain guys, man, that you really get real, real authentic stories that you wouldn't even hear from all these other podcasts, you know, because they're they're the wrestlers. They're the guys that have, you know, are a part of the story or were around when the story happened. So, you know, that you you always you always kind of gravitate to that, man, because you you find out stuff. You, man, oh, my God. Wow. That y'all really did that. I didn't know you guys were really that cool. Yeah, man. And, and it's funny now, like to, to see all these wrestlers or ex wrestlers now when they have their podcast, especially like with Jericho, because he interviewed people from everywhere WWE, uh, TNA, AEW, Independence. And it's cool, man, because, you know, you kind of pull that curtain back a little bit and to see, like, yes, it's an interview. Yes, it's a business. Yes, it's a talk show. But to see these guys, it's kind of like being that kid. You hanging around like your grand, your granddaddy or your uncles and, you know, all the older folks talking, you sitting around the table not really knowing. You know, you ain't supposed to be there, but you're just kind of being nosy. It's interesting listening to what grown folks got to say. So to be a fan and to hear, like, the wrestlers tell the stories from their mouths, it's like, yo, like, this, that's some interesting shit. Like, listen to Chris Jericho talk about Eddie. Talk about Chavo, talk about Dane Malenko, talk about Tajiri, talk about Sabu, Funaki. Just, you know, people you probably, you know, you either cared about or really didn't care about. But because you know it's a true story, it's like, damn, you know what? I wish I was partying with them dudes, man. Right. So it, it, it brings a whole different side of it. And like I say, man, you know, the whole reality aspect of the business, the whole entertainment part of the business, it's a gift and a curse. In a lot of ways, it's good. In a lot of ways, it's bad. Like a guy like Jericho. He's one of the guys, like you said, through every single generation, man, from the 90s on. This guy is reinventing himself in every single company, and it's gotten over. Um, and my only hope would be uh, for all the talent that got released, uh, whether I was a fan of them or not, at the end of the day, they're still wrestlers. They're still people. And uh, hopefully, man, hopefully, 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 and I say hopefully because I'm pretty sure it won't happen, but hopefully, maybe Vince can take this time, man, to really learn his lesson <laughs> to a degree. Uh, and it's like, bro, like stop hoarding talent, man. Stop being greedy. But unfortunately, man, I don't, uh, I don't see this as a as yeah, a lesson. Hopefully, learned. he brings them back. <laughs> Go ahead, July, You know, hopefully, he just did this because of this pandemic. But I guess he's paying them for the next thirty days. And I mean, I. I yeah, I saw that. Yeah, yeah. yeah, they are, and a lot of and you, and you got to think about it. Not to cut you off, flawless. A lot of these guys they re-signed contracts, like Mike and uh, uh Maria Kalilis. They re-signed uh, a new five-year deal. So a lot of these guys didn't just get released; they got bought out. So you know, some of them are okay. Like they're, they're they've gotten maybe maybe seventy, maybe sixty percent of their contract. But they they all re-signed deals for more money because of that hoarding. So that hoarding kind of did them a favor, but it doesn't. You know, it still looks bad, you know, because, you know, you could have let these guys go elsewhere and sign and do what they knew and make their living there. You didn't have to sign them and, and waste their years of talent. And that's my biggest thing. You're wasting people's years of talent. Yeah, they're, they'll be healthy, but how long can they do what they do and when them getting older and their body start to change on them? Hey, you see they ain't left Jeff Hardy, Jeff Hardy go. <laughs> oh, no, 
Hardy's still a commodity. Oh, Jeff Hardy, oh, if, if Jeff yeah, Hardy Jeff will be a commodity at 60 years old, okay? Strowman to face Goldberg at WrestleMania. Yeah, I, I can see Jeff getting a huge push now, especially with them coming back all this time and they need people. Oh, I can see Jeff, man. I can see him sooner than later. Yeah, I could too. But for right now, I, I'm i okay with him finishing up his contract. Let's finish up these six months extension he got. And uh, go go ahead, go over to AEW. Well, they did have it in ROH. Go, go ahead and give me my Young Bucks versus the Hardys match one time. I, I got to get it one time. <laughs> I, yeah, I, I, yeah, but I, I need it now. I need it now. Because now, <laughs> He's now is a little bit more important because the Young Bucks have established their own show and they put themselves out there more. So not, now I, I want to really see it, why these guys, at least the Hardys, at least Matt you know, and Jeff, why they're still able to at least be half of what they could be in the ring. Hey, so, so it's Jeff and Aid. Hypothetically, if Jeff go back to AEW, he brother Nero. Hell yeah, hell yeah, you gotta right. do that story. You got okay. to. Why not? Okay. Why why not? But let's hope. Because I because I always feel I always feel like that. Even in in uh, in TNA, uh, I always feel like that brother Nero broken hearty. I, I I felt like that story never really got finished. And when they came to WWE, that sh- it just really didn't. It really didn't work. No, but that was also at a time when TNA was on that BS and Matt Hardy was doing the tape is at his own compound. Like, you got to remember that, too. You know, TNA was going through management issues and with wrestlers and people getting paid and all that. And Matt Hardy was saying, you know what, guys, we ain't got to wait on them. Come on over to the house. We'll, we'll do it at my house. We'll tape everything at my spot. And so, you know, you got to kind of remember that, you know, that, that that's what made Matt Hardy that's what actually helped Matt Hardy, you know, just by him doing that. And, and so you you would hope he's going to bring that same thing that he had in TNA. He'll bring it to AEW and it'll work. It'll, it'll get over because people were excited to know he was going to get released. And if there was a crowd, oh, yep. when him and Jericho had that promo, I'm pretty sure the crowd would have been going crazy. Him and Jericho and that they, they would have been going bananas, going to singing along with him and all that other stuff. So that promo in itself, we know what would have happened if the crowd was there. And yeah, man, it, it just let, let's let's get through this. You know, let's all get through this safely as we can. And um, you know, we we all we can do is hope, hope and wait and see. All right, guys. Well, we uh, we about to get ready to wrap it uh, on up. Uh, any no, final thoughts, uh, man, before we get off there? Everything to come back up. It's tough to watch wrestling now. I've been on the network. I've been watching some old WCW days, and it's been pretty good. Yeah. Just, uh, just uh, honestly, you know, try to catch up on – try to keep up on the wrestling, but, you know, catch it up on a lot of other TV that I haven't been watching because we've been watching so much wrestling, <sighs> watching so much wrestling. Uh, so yeah, just, just trying to do that, man. Trying to catch up on other stuff and, you know, and I was on, uh, my, uh, I'm getting two belts made. You guys stuff. know I'm getting the winged Eagle made. Uh, yeah, I'm getting the winged Eagle. Huh? Yeah. You got to talk about that, yeah, man. Yeah. You know, so, uh, I'm getting the winged Eagle made. You got to talk about your interview. Another- 
belt made right now. It's funny because Wayne Deagle is the belt of the month, so it's $300. And if you want the dual plate of the WrestleMania 4 where the heavyweight is all gold and mm-hmm. you get the, um, you know, uh, I forget, uh, the World Relief banner is raised on there. That's 375 So they do a belt of the month, you know, which is like $50 off. So Wayne Deagle, oh, actually, Wayne Deagle is usually... 325 and the dual plate it's 375 or 350 now the dual now you know i mean the dual is 400 my bad my bad but now it's the belt of the month so it's 300 for all gold i was on there they usually go uh the um the american connect for mayan belts they're on facebook just look for them there's a couple mayan belts but look for mayan mudasar that's the the maker he's only 22 years old He's an amazing work. They do the best AEW belts out there of anybody. And uh, the dude, uh, Eddie Williams, this American contact, he was going to, he usually goes live and updates everybody about uh, updates, what's going on with like, you know, Pakistan shut down. When is it going to open up to be shipped belts? And uh, Eddie said, you know, hey, man, I'm going to go live. And I said, hey, man, I'll go on with you. So I went on with him. Another guy named Carmine Sabia, he went on. He has kind of like a talk show podcast called uh, Beltamania. It's pretty cool, man. They, um, You know, it's funny. Beltamania is not bad. They got big. They have a couple T-shirts on uh, Pro Wrestling Tees. I bought, I bought two of them. And they're bringing your childhood to life. Remember the foam belts, Kimbrough or DJ or franchise? Remember those WWF foam belts that you had, you know, like the the world yeah. and it looked like yeah. the Eagle, yeah. but it was like yeah. uh, on a black strap. The Intercontinental was on a brown strap. And uh, well, they brought the foam to life. Their maker, their maker actually. So they did the foam right. to life, the world right now for $150. It, it's the same as. The, yeah. Oh, I'll so they so so they basically look so they basically look like the Daniel Bryan belts. Crazy, like it actually looks. It is like a real life belt. It's called oh. the Foam to Life. Everything to a detail looks exactly what it was. It has the Velcro Velcro straps, and so it's awesome. And they're also doing the WBF medals. Remember the Worldwide Bodybuilding Federation? Uh. They were gonna have with Lex Luger. Well, they're actually doing making a WBF medal. Cause it, cause it was actually, yeah. if you look up there, there was a WBF metal and they're charging $80 for that. The maker's making it. So Beltamania is not bad. They're pretty cool. So it was me, the one dude, uh, Eddie, uh, the dude Carmine, this other kid, Alex, he has this going Broadway podcast. I don't listen to it, but uh, we were on and we were talking and then, you know, talking about belts and talking about, you know, like st- other stuff. And then at the end, I plugged in Generations of Wrestling Podcast. Um, they didn't know I had one. They're like, man, you should have told us. You know, I'm like, I'm sorry, guys, you know. But they're like, yeah, man, if you want to plug us, plug your podcast on the page, go right ahead. So I was like, cool. Awesome. Well, well thank you, guys. Thank you. Thank you. Well, we, hey, we appreciate it. For sure. It. For sure. Uh, most definitely. Uh, that's kind of awesome, though, man, that they, they make belts like that. Uh, definitely going to have to look at that. Can't wait for you to show the pictures, uh, send the pictures so we can see them. And you know what else uh, they're but making? Cool, man. Glad you, you got to do that, man. Sounds awesome. Got to get Rick a good Flair. plug Remember out the of that. tag team title I sent you that Ric Flair was holding up? He, they're making that. <laughs> yeah. Ooh. 
Okay. Hell, all right. You have to check that out. Hell yeah. Yeah. Other, well, other than that, man, I ain't, I ain't got much else to say, man. Shit. Kind of, kind of topped it with that. <laughs> <laughs> well, guys, I, I will say this. I can't wait till the quarantine is over show, man. because, man, we, we definitely got to get a live show in uh, or in-person show. It's on the computer if you type in the website. You know, uh, you know what? Like Speaking of StreamYard, so like, is that an app or on just on the computer? And stuff, and we can go live. Mm-hmm. It's it's kind of like a video chat, you know? Okay. Hey, man, let's do it. Let's do it, man. Because, uh, yeah, we... Uh, we, we, we got to get back on it, man. We got to get back on it. But, you know, unfortunately, because of the circumstances of the world, uh, and that's another thing for the people at home listening, uh, the reason we haven't been as proactive with our 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 podcast as we once were was because, honestly, man, it's, uh, it's tough. <laughs> it's tough between all the tape shows and, you know, them showing the reruns and everything else in between we're just really trying to be strategic on exactly when we do shows so a lot of shows will be more so geared to pay-per-view uh review shows unless anything big happens during the week or something of that nature like newsworthy uh we will be pretty limited in coverage until things get back to normal as normal as can be uh so don't be expecting two or three shows a week no, but we're gonna try to we're gonna and try to bring you different types of shows and just talk about different types of things in wrestling and kind of maybe be a little more upbeat. Uh, yeah, we 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 talked about it doing that stuff earlier in the year and we're still uh, ironing out a few ideas. We got a few of them, um, but yeah, we're gonna we're gonna we're we're gonna try to do at least two shows a week, maybe maybe. Right now, we're just gonna work to the one a week and keep up with the updates. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. But. Guys, man, like I said, it's always fun to do a show with my brothers, my homies. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, that will conclude another episode of Generation Wrestling Podcast. As always, yours truly. I'm the 